Hey friends, and welcome to the Moving Mountains podcast. Moving Mountains is a place to hear true stories of modern day miracles told by ordinary people just like you and me. My name is Paige, and I'm joined here in Alaska by my dear friends, Margaret and Bernadette, as we witness accounts of how God has worked in people's lives in big and small ways. As you listen to these stories of hope, answered prayers, and unexplained phenomena, we invite you to allow this space to inspire your faith and even to help you recognize the ways in which God is moving mountains in your own life. You're listening to part two of last week's episode. If you haven't heard part one, please return to our recordings to access the first half of this episode. We don't want you to miss any part of this story. That boy just said the Lord's Prayer in Latin to me. What? Wow. <laughs> it's the only it's the only thing I remember from my high school Latin classes. So I don't know what you're doing, but it has to be real. Like there's no oh way gosh. that a ten year old kid could say Latin to me. And who'd never he, heard it before. <laughs> yeah, so so my, my dad was saying, I, I I wanna I wanna meet some people from this prayer group. I wanna know what's what you're involved with. I don't know what this is all about. So a couple of men from the prayer group at our Catholic parish started going to the nursing home and leading my dad through a life in the spirit seminar all all the way up to week five. He got prayed over for, you know, the baptism of the Holy spirit. And that next week he ends up having a grand mal seizure uh, in, in the time that he had been, you know, in, in the hospital and nursing homes he had 33 major surgeries, three of those brain surgeries, where and and the brain surgeries really were just trying to sever nerves from the side of his body that wasn't paralyzed, hmm. right? Like they they had kind of resigned themselves to the fact that he's never going to get better, never going to be able mm-hmm. to walk again, and because he's only paralyzed on the right side, he has all kinds of pain on the left side. So let's just try to make him pain free. Wow. So the brain mm-hmm. the brain surgeries were, you know, like these attempts to just like alleviate pain, but they ended up having all kinds of side effects and problems and he had scar tissue and well he he had a grand mal seizure just days after he was prayed over for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The nursing home calls and tells us that he's not going to live. Uh, wow. His vital signs have plummeted. He's, you know, they just oh don't gosh. expect him to survive. So my mom calls one of the men, the deacon at the parish, Deacon Rudy, uh, to go give him anointing of the sick. And in the anointing, my dad, who who can't, he's actually almost like in a coma. He can't respond at all to the deacon. But he starts experiencing a vision, and a big white cloud appeared at the end of his bed. Jesus walks to his the foot of his bed through the cloud, and he gets down on his knees and he starts washing his feet. Oh my goodness! And and my dad said, I could literally feel my body filling up with water. So the whole the whole time that he was washing my feet. I just felt myself filling up like a vessel and the Mm -hmm. water kept getting higher and higher in my body and and eventually it got all the way up to my head and, and I felt like it just like popped like something like a cork popped off the top of my head and the water started spilling out 
of my head. And when that happened, Jesus stood up, smiled at me, and, and he turned and walked uh, back into the cloud. And the cloud just kind of disappeared with him. And he had no bucket, no towel, but my dad could feel the water as he was washing his feet and his legs. When my dad woke up from that vision, he's sitting up in bed. So he had not sat up in bed on his own power for six years. The entire time that he was in the nursing home, he couldn't, he couldn't lift himself up to to a sitting position. So he's sitting up in bed. He looks out the window and the sun is rising. So the deacon was there at like 11 or 11.30 the night before. So whatever he saw lasted all night long. Wow. Uh, it's oh now morning, goodness. right? He's, he's kind of dazed and confused. He's looking out the window, seeing the sun coming up. He hears some footsteps coming down the hallway. And so he, he looks to his doorway and a nurse a male nurse walks by his room, you know, the squeaky nurse shoes. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so he, he's hearing the footsteps get closer and closer to his door. And then they walk by. And then the person stops and comes back. And they look in his room and they're like, what happened here? And my dad is sitting <laughs> up in bed. And so he's thinking, He's concerned because I'm sitting up in bed, uh, and wants to, is probably going to want to know how did you get how did you get sitting up? But what he what he's looking at is the floor, and so he, he steps into the room. He's like, "What's going on in here?" What? And then my dad says, "What do you mean?" And uh, he's like, "There's like a puddle of water, oh. like six feet around at the foot of your bed." Oh my, and, um, my gosh! So he's oh my checking my <laughs> checking my dad's catheter, checking other other things, you know, like trying to figure out where all this water's. His water jug is on his tray, still all the water in it. He's like, oh, I cannot figure out goodness. where all this water came from. And he's like, I'm gonna have to go get a mop. So <laughs> he he leaves to go get a mop, and when he, when he's gone, my uh, my dad says. I don't think that was just a dream. And so he moves his mm-hmm. legs out of, you know, like out of the bed and stands himself up. No way. And, and he, and he walked, he was very shaky cause he hadn't stood, you know, nine years. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my gosh. But he, he, he like wobbles his way to the bathroom and then he's just standing up in the bathroom. He said, I was just looking at myself in the mirror, like raising my hands up and they were praising God. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he. I mean, like he was, he was miraculously healed. Uh, in in those nine years, all those surgeries, you know, he had he had lung cancer because he smoked cigarettes like crazy, uh, and developed lung cancer. They had removed one of his lungs. He had these brain surgeries. He had uh, all all kinds of other, you know, like the 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 back injury developed into spider cancer of the spine. And the oh lower vertebrae of his back were actually eaten away by cancer. They they weren't even there. Oh my goodness! They wow. were back in his body. Oh my wow. gosh! <laughs> the the lung that was removed <sighs> was back in his body. 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All of the severed nerves from the brain surgeries were all functioning and working again. Incredible. Uh, Yeah. I mean, so like it it was, uh, and, and, and it literally happened like almost six months to the day from the night of that prophecy in the backseat of our car. Uh, He was home for my 10th birthday. So I was nine and a half when that, we went to that prayer meeting. I turned 10 on June 10th and uh, my dad went to the prayer, the prayer meeting at our Catholic parish and got up out of his wheelchair and went up front to tell everybody that he was, he had been miraculously healed. So (laughs) that is amazing. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I have actually heard the story before. It's way better to hear it from you. How did he break the news to you all? Did he just show up at the front door one day? Hi guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, like, I mean, we knew uh, that it had happened right away because I mean, we we were all in the living room praying, thinking that he was going to die that night, and no. then we we end up oh. hearing the next morning that well, not only did he not die, but uh, <laughs> something else happened. You know, he's walking now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wow. just kind of it, it was just you know, as a ten year old kid. Uh, seeing the reality of God in such a powerful, powerful way. Um, you know, you just can't, you can't deny his existence, you know, mm-hmm. when you, when you, when you experience God like that. Wow. That is truly incredible. It's, it, I just heard so many biblical stories all wrapped up in your dad's story. And it's just amazing to have like just a modern, like this is, this isn't here and now it's like the modern biblical story of the apostles or Jesus just going and healing someone who's been sick for so many years. And um, yeah, even you just describing how he stood up and was so wobbly and was starting to use his muscles again. It's like, that's always a vision I've had of, you know, the man at the pool waiting to be healed. Like what was Mm. it like the first time he stood up? What was that like to, you know, be able to lift your hands and to feel your feet on the ground. Um, that's just amazing that this happened to your dad. Yeah. And that you yeah, prophesied beautiful. it out of your mouth. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think the prophecy came through me. I, I literally didn't know what I was saying. So, yeah. Absolutely. So Definitely um, Holy Spirit inspired. What was, what was the aftermath of that in your family? Yeah, I mean that's uh, that that might be almost another podcast episode, because <laughs> um, I because honestly, uh, it, it's so hard to to you know because that's so powerful, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost like my dad's miraculous healing kind of became the focus of everything in our family over the next several years. My my dad, they they flew my dad all over the the world. Uh, telling his story. And I I think I went as a 10 year old kid who had not really had a father since I was born. Practically. I was just so excited to have my dad back. Uh, And I think there was a way that at least for, you know, a couple of years, he just wasn't there much um, because he kind of became a sensation, you know, understandably (laughs) in, in, in a, in a weird way. And and I think he recognized like okay this isn't good, I I need to recover my family and so mm. you know so sometime over that next year or so, 
we moved from Phoenix up to the mountains in, in northern Arizona. And we lived for a whole summer, you know, in a cabin. And I, I think my mom and dad were trying to adjust to being together again after nine years of being separated from each other. And yeah. what, is, what does it mean to, to now raise kids who nine years ago, you know, uh, you, you, you haven't been around for all those years. And, and during the time of my dad's illness, particularly with that time when my mom, you know, had the nervous breakdown, uh, there are some pretty traumatic things that happened to us kids uh, and me in particular, I, I had some sexual abuse that happened to me during that time mm-hmm. that I never really remembered. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't until years later that I, that the repressed memory kind of came out when I got married, when, when I was 30 and I started trying to go to counseling and figure, figure out what, what the heck happened. I, I definitely remembered the incident, but I just got married. I ended up losing my job. We moved to Colorado. We had our first kid. Uh, Does that make sense? Like a lot of life happened Mm -hmm. in there. And and it's kind of funny. I think like just, just in the past year or so, I'm finally unraveling the stuff that happened all, all of those years ago. And um, Mm -hmm. so I, I I don't, I don't know. Like I, I kind of, it's a mystery to me. Uh, you, you look in the scriptures, though, where sometimes Jesus would heal somebody, and he would say, "Don't go tell anybody about this. Mm-hmm. Go home to your family. Go go to this, you know, to to the the, the church leaders and pre- present yourself at, 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 in an offering." And I, I I wonder sometimes if my dad struggled to actually assimilate the healing that he had experienced. In, into the rest of his life, right? Because mm-hmm. he he had actually grown very distant from God and very bitter in his faith. And I think he needed time actually to realize what it not only what had happened to him, but what did he believe about God and <laughs> what 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 you know experiencing yeah. the depth of the depth of that relationship, you know. Um so I, I I don't know. Like it's all—it's all a bit of a bit of a mystery, you know. Um, but powerful. That's really. That's not like you're physically healed. It's not like you're physically healed, and everything's automatically. Everything else falls back into place. It's well, almost like learning how to live. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and even yeah. think about like all of the emotional and intellectual things that. You know what I mean? Like the, the the physical healing doesn't do all of that other stuff. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like you you still yeah. have to re relearn your faith. You have to understand who God is. Mm-hmm. You have to cultivate a right. relationship with Him. Uh, you, you know, so like I don't know. You see, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys are fans of the Chosen or not. I, I know there's oh, a, lot yeah, of con- <laughs> a lot of a lot of controversy about it. I, I don't completely understand all the controversy, uh, but. <laughs> I, I mean, like I'm watching some of the episodes of that and you see these scenes, you know, where Jesus is healing these people, but they're, you know, like they're help, helping kind of unpack what might this actually look like in people's lives, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and and you, you see the, the, the drama of that kind of unfold before you in a way that's acted out, 
you know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, like, I think a lot of that is, is very much like what I think we experienced as a family on the other side of my dad's healing was, wow, that's a lot to unpack. It's a lot mm-hmm. to assimilate. And, um, you, you need, you need time for that, you know? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because of course, we've, we've talked about this so many times on the podcast with different stories. A miracle that experience isn't an arrival anywhere. It's just another step of, you know, God's invitation toward choosing him for eternity. And so, you know, it's not like, oh, this miracle happens and then everything's great after that. It's very often this miracle experience happens and then life continues, the, the good parts and the hard parts. And so that makes a lot of sense hearing that it's, you know, this incredible thing happened but you're still the human being in the time of life where you were and it's just another invitation of god saying okay you're at this point in your life and here's you know this thing happened and it's just part of your journey toward me um and i guess one of the things that i'm also wondering about is after this happened with your dad um it must have been a pretty strange i don't know i don't know what it would be like because i haven't experienced anything like this profound as far as miracle miracles go in my own life but i also haven't experienced anything as tragic as you have like i haven't had a sibling die or um a close family member you know unable to move for nine years so i'm just wondering what it was like for you and maybe like you've even heard your parents talk about it to process not only your dad's miracle, but the fact that you you did have a sister who died from, you know, the aspirin incident and a sister with cerebral palsy. And, you know, you, you have a family that kind of experienced this whole spectrum of the brokenness of the world and also the power of God. And so I'm just wondering what it was like in your family family unit to process like that both ends of the spectrum at the same time. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it it was it was a mess, actually. <laughs> you know, a couple couple older brothers that I think really struggled. Uh, they they were already out of the house in some ways, mm-hmm. and didn't have a father. You know, from mm-hmm. very very young, and in their teen years and young adult years, I think really had a lot of very traumatic things happen to them, abusive things even. You know. And it left them very wounded and broken. So all of a sudden, a dad comes back into the picture, and he's trying to reclaim a position of authority. Uh, but you know, th- th- those older siblings, old enough that they didn't want anything to do with that in some ways. You know, mm-hmm. um, at least not the way that my dad wanted to reassert himself into that role. You know, so yeah, I was just very, very messy, you know, and I, I think I, I, I struggle putting this into words because I, I, I feel like it's almost so much of a mystery that uh, only only God can really understand it. But, you know, like one, one of the scriptural scenes that I think is a powerful capture of this reality is when when you remember the friends bring their they bring the paralytic on the mat. They can't get him into the house. So they cut a mm-hmm. hole in the roof and lower the guy down to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't heal him right away. 
he actually starts by saying, your sins are forgiven. And I, I, I think he's actually teaching us in that moment what's really most important. What, what, what's really important is reconciliation with God and healing from the, from the wounds of sin that happened to all of us, you know. And, yeah, he could heal the guy. You know, he's been paralyzed, you know, and laying, laying there on the mat. But Jesus actually knows your spiritual condition and the, and the place of your heart is far more important than your physical healing. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think he was probably toying with the Pharisees and others that were around <laughs> at the time, you know, uh, because he kind of traps him into saying, you know, like you're blaspheming. How, how can you forgive sins, right? And, and then Jesus heals him physically um but you, you you could argue that he already he already healed him spiritually you know by mm-hmm. forgiving all of his sins um so I, I i don't know like i've 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 said over the last couple of years as i experienced god bringing about some healing in me from childhood things that happened all of those years ago like that's all this happening like in the last couple of years for me but in such a powerful way. But I I am so rooted in my relationship with God and so convinced of his love for me and, and, and even his desire for me, how God has pursued me over, over the years um, that I, I, I don't know how to say it, but it's like, I was almost like, I don't know if I need the healing. Like I, I already have you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you know, better, better, better to go to heaven as a paralytic than to be a walking person and go to hell. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so I, I like there. There's something so powerful in all of this, you know. Um, and I, I probably seem like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I'm I'm clearly convicted that. God's going to bring more power. God's going to bring more of these kinds of miraculous things to bear to show people how much he loves them. But we always have to be careful to not let these miraculous things be the things that we fall in love with mm-hmm. and miss the giver. You know, we don't, we, we don't want to fall in love Amen. with his gifts. We want to fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's what's truly important. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And that's what's, yeah, it's it's a really beautiful witness in your family to see what God worked through such a tragic series of events. Because, again, the point is it's, it's not loving God or pursuing that relationship with God if he does certain things or if things are working out well. It's like no matter what happens, um, you know, sometimes miracle experiences happen, sometimes they don't. Um, but it, it can't be conditional to that. And I think just the example of what your family went through is a really beautiful example of, hey, there's the full spectrum there. It wasn't uh, a happily ever after type situation. It was a powerful moment where God came in and said, hey, I'm, I'm showing you this and giving you a chance to choose me. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I do have to ask. um at that prayer service where the night, you know, when you were nine years old and received the prophetic word about your father, 
um, everything that your family members asked for, did they receive those miracles? Yeah. Um, my, my mom, my mom's legs were healed, uh, and she wow. never really had problems with her veins anymore. My brother was healed, um, and, you know, went to state wrestling in high school. He wrestled, played football, wow. you know, was very, 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 uh, very big athlete. Um, wow. my sister was miraculously healed because she, she went back. I don't know, a couple months later to have that steel plate removed and it wasn't there. The doctors couldn't find it. What? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I say that somewhat cautiously so because, because now years later they found something in her leg that seems like it's that steel plate. And she's, she's, she has continued oh, wow. to have, she's continued to have all kinds of challenges physically her, her entire mm, life. Yeah. Um, but we, I mean, for years and years, mm. we just were believed that that steel plate had been removed. Um, and she would even go through x-ray things at airports and it would, you know, like at first the steel plate mm. would set off the x-ray machine and it didn't, you know, for, for, for years and years, but now wow. they found something in her leg. So now I, I know there's confusion about like what, what yeah. really happened, but, um, mm -hmm. but at, at the time, you know, like that, that was one of the, one of the stories that was told. We, we would go around mm -hmm. as a family and would tell everybody had a miracle to share. And then Jimmy would get up there and say, I just want as much of Jesus as I can get. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always used to, I always used to feel so bad because like, I don't, I don't have anything to say about what happened to me. Um, yeah. but the how, how ironic, how yeah. ironic all these years later, I'm the only family member working for the church in full-time ministry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, I think I got my prayer answered. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Even that night, just hearing your story uh, for the first time from an outsider's perspective, it's like, Oh, this nine and a half year old just asked for as much of Jesus as he could get. And then he's in the car and God literally speaks out of his mouth, this prophetic word. And you had no idea what happened. It's like, it, it seems like that prayer was answered immediately. And then clearly just the course of the rest of your life, here we are with you now. Um, it's just beautiful to hear all of the ministry that you've done over the years of your life and that you're still creating more as we speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, praise God for all that. So. Yes. Praise God. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I have to say hearing this one story just makes me want to hear all the other ones because I know Paige has said there are so many more. Yep. We're mm -hmm. definitely going to have to schedule another episode with you, Jim. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to come back. Yep. I'll have to make a standing appointment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every season. Yep. Yeah. So um, well, I think Margaret, are you going to move into mini miracles today? Sounds good. Um, so yeah, we're going to move into mini miracles and this is a time when we share a big way or a small way that God may have worked in our lives over the past week or month, a recent month. Um, and it can be anything from, I don't know. I don't have any examples today. <laughs> uh, a recipe <laughs> or a song or sunshine or the fact that it might eventually stop snowing in Alaska. Um, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to all go around and share how the Lord has worked in our lives. Um, I guess I'll start. I, about two months ago, well, I'm having a big, I have a big retreat coming up 
And I know Jim can relate to that. And so can Paige. Not that you can't burn a debt. <laughs> I've never <laughs> um, been a used teen, minister. <laughs> a teen retreat. And there was one girl in particular who I really wanted to go to the retreat. And she's <laughs> in Alaska. You have conflicts like her bear hunting tag was selected out of the lottery. <laughs> and this is the first time anyone in her family's tag had been selected. And I was like, gosh, it, a retreat's more important than bear hunting. But I was like, I kind of understand. Anyway, I just prayed that it would be canceled. And I, I was like, Lord, this I think that, you know, this young lady needs to come. And she's coming. Wow. So that's, that's my mini miracle. Uh, she canceled the trip for other reasons, but then she was like, I can, this means I can also come on the treat. So I don't know. It's when we have those moments where I was just feeling really disappointed about it and knowing that this would be really beautiful. And, you know, teenagers, they don't want to go on a retreat. They don't really understand the beauty. And then every single time I have one at the end, everyone's like, when are we having another one? Let's do this again. It's so funny, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I'm just so thankful for that answered prayer. Um, and that hopefully she has a transformative experience. So Bernadette, how about you? So, well, before I say that, I just, I just want to say Jim has probably never had one of his kids in ministry years have to cancel or not go to an event because of getting a bear hunting tag. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, a, that's new. it's a uniquely Alaskan youth ministry issue. <laughs> but anyway, um, what my mini miracle this week, I just want to share that I was able to spend some time recently with my aunt Kathleen. She's a huge fan of our podcast. So shout out to aunt Kathleen. <laughs> um, and I got to spend a week with her and for the first, I never thought about this before, but for the first time, I just started asking a bunch of questions about my grandparents. Um, they both died four months apart when I was 11 years old. And um, it was just, you know, really a big shock to my family because my grandma had cancer. And um, and so her passing was kind of expected. But then my grandpa was very unexpected soon after that. And Basically, from that time on, we just didn't see that side of the family as often. And I just kind of felt like I grew up without grandparents. And so mm. I started asking her questions. And it was just this week of hearing all of these stories. And I felt like I got to know my grandparents who are like, I feel like I can feel them watching over me now. And just from all the stories, I find myself like, hearing what they might've said or just thinking about what they would have done or their opinion. I don't know. Um, I just felt like all of a sudden I got to know these people for the first time who are quite close to me, um, but that I just never got a chance to know in this world. And so it's been making me think about the miracle of eternity and that someday um, oh, we'll amen. all be together in the heavenly feast. And I'm really excited to get to know those grandparents and then a lot of other people that you know, have passed away before I had a chance to really grow closer. So that is my mini miracle. Uh, Paige, what about you? Um, okay. So today is Easter Monday <laughs> um, <laughs> that we are recording this, not that you are listening to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so we, we got to go to the Easter vigil on Saturday night. Um, and 
we sat with Margaret and we sat with Bernadette and her husband and their newborn daughter and their almost two-year-old son. And we had our two-and-a-half-year-old and our one-and-a-half-year-old son. And we had done the Easter Triduum Masses. So, you know, all of these things are past bedtime. They're longer Masses. Mm. It's way, been way like bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> It was like a week of that. And so, you know, we're kind of gearing up like, oh, man, Easter Vigil is going to be very interesting. Like, we'll see what happens. Um, and we didn't, none of us had to take our kids out at all, except for, you know, a potty, like to go to the bathroom or to change a diaper. Um, they were incredible. It was almost a three hour mass. And they were, I like, we were all just so amazed. Um <laughs> Awesome. And it was, it was honestly truly such a miracle for us because we were like fully prepared. We're going to be, there's, there's an amazing little playroom at our parish. And so I know that Berna's husband and my husband were like, we're probably just going to be spending vigil in that playroom the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just, yeah, just, um, I really think that vigil is so incredible, especially for little kids in a sense, because of it's like a feast for the senses, you know, like there's the fire and the candles and there's the incense. And at St. Andrew's where we all go, they did full immersion baptism. And we were, we had the perfect spot for the baptismal font. Mm -hmm. And so all of our boys are just like watching these grown adults just go like, I'm sure our boys were just like dying to go into the baptismal mm -hmm. font as well. <laughs> And we got, and we got, we all got to witness one of our friends who come into fully into the yes. church. She was confirmed, yes. um, choosing to enter the church as an adult. And that was also just truly, that was a mini miracle oh, as beautiful. well, getting to witness <laughs> that. Yes. yes. So Easter Vigil was amazing and our children were superstars. So Easter day was <laughs> a little funky, you know, with, uh, <laughs> We're still dealing with aftermath. It's a way, way smaller version of Jim's story. The, the miracle happens, but you still have to keep dealing with the consequences of being in this world for, for a while right. afterwards. Right. <laughs> yes. What about you, Jim? What's your mini miracle? Yeah. So this is kind of a wild story. Like I, I said earlier, like a prayer that I didn't even ask. Um, but I, so we're we're in the midst of moving. We're prepping our house. We're going to be moving back to Colorado. And last summer, at some point, uh, the natural Oklahoma natural gas had to come to our house and dig up some. They had to dig a trench for some gas line or something, you know. And they relayed sod after they finished digging, but they put the wrong kind of grass. The sod that they picked is the kind of sod that. It's, it's called Bermuda grass instead of fescue, which is what I have in my backyard. And um, you, you, you wouldn't have been able to tell right away because uh, it, you only notice it in the spring. The Bermuda takes a lot longer to turn green. Mm -hmm. uh, and the fescue, the fescue gets green right away. And uh, so I have, I have this huge strip across my whole backyard that's a different, completely different color. <laughs> and... Um, and, and now we're trying to sell the house, you know, like it went on oh. the market Holy Thursday, you know? And so like, I'm, we're, my wife and I are calling them and saying, you guys got to fix this. Like, this looks horrible. Yeah. And uh, so they, they sent a truck like sometime last week um, with a whole pallet of sod and ripped up the old sod, put the new sod, you know? Uh, 
And so Saturday morning, well, and so I think it was good Friday afternoon. We had a couple of showings and, um, and I'm having this thought like, man, I have so many other bare spots around my yard that now that the backyard is all fixed, it just makes some of the other places like, I think I need to go buy more sod (laughs) and fix the front, the, the areas in the front yard and on the side yard that just look really, really bad now. And my wife and her sitting Saturday morning praying and the doorbell rings and I go to the door and this guy's standing there from Oklahoma natural gas. And uh, he, he's like, yeah, we're, we're, we have a bunch of sod. We're supposed to replace the sod in your backyard. And he go, and, and I'm like, what? And he says, yeah, something about the wrong, it was the wrong kind of grass. And I'm like, you guys were just here. Like a few days ago, you already did this. And he's like, what? So I take him to the backyard and I show him. I was like, it's all done. Uh, He calls a supervisor and, you know, like back and forth, back and forth. He comes back to me and said, in our system, it is not, it's not flagged as completed. So like it's still an open ticket. And I'm like, well, you can clearly see that it's completed. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I just, he, he was like, well, I don't know what to do because I have a whole pallet of sod and <laughs> you can't take it back. Oh. Like it's, you can't return it and it's, it'll be bad by the end of the day. We don't have any other jobs oh, that need sod. Interesting. Because I, I don't know what to do with a whole pallet of sod. <laughs> and I'm just looking at him like, well, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And then he looks in my front yard and he goes like, well, it kind of looks like you could use some sod. (laughs) You're like, actually. So so next thing I know, these three guys are installing sod and all of the bear spots all over my yard. Oh my gosh. Um, Like they even installed it for me. Like not only did they give me the sod for free, but, they installed wow. it all. Oh uh, my gosh. So like I'm I'm just I'm literally pinching myself inside saying like Jesus, I didn't even ask. I, I never even said the prayer. I didn't even said like Lord, you gotta help me figure out this sod situation. Like you just you just did you. it for me. You, you you did it for me before I even asked. You know, so like there there's That's there's amazing. one of my many miracles, you know. I, I don't awesome. deserve Fantastic. blessings like that. <laughs> <laughs> the confirmation that you're making the right move, I guess. I guess, <laughs> I guess yeah. yeah. Helping yeah, you get the house awesome. ready to sell. Yeah, isn't that awesome? That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate you um, taking some time out of your day. And that was Absolutely. an amazing story. I'm just yeah. completely blown away and I can't wait for us to share it. I'm really sad that at this point it's months away. <laughs> Wish we could post the episode tomorrow, but. Um, I know it's just going to impact so many people who hear it. And um, yeah, it was just so great of you to say yes to being on our podcast. And we really Mm -hmm. appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. Great being with you all tonight. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to close us in prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for the beautiful witness that we heard today of your power and your absolute control of the universe. Thank you for Jim and for his family and the story that, that, well, the many stories that they have to share. Thank you for showing us that you do have power over the brokenness of this world and that you want us to be healed. Um, 
that. And thank you for always pointing us back to the spiritual healing that we need you, that we need to choose you. Um, and that it really doesn't matter in this life, the, the physical healing, what we need to focus on is you and just having more of you. So today I ask you, Lord, that you would just give all of us as much Jesus as we can have and fill mm-hmm. us up and, um, and just help us to follow you like Jim has chosen to with his life so that, you know, when we're looking back on our lives, we can, we can share similar stories of you know, a path of faith that really has impacted this world and led others to you. And uh, we just ask a, t- a continued blessing on Jim and his family, a blessing that his move goes smoothly and just for his, all of his siblings um, and for his continued healing, processing everything that happened in childhood. And uh, we just trust you, Lord, and ask you to guide all of our lives and the lives of our listeners who are impacted by this story. Amen. Amen. Venerable Amen. Fulton Sheen. Pray for us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Jim, thank you so much <laughs> for coming you. on. We so appreciate it. And we are going to have Jim back on because he, he has more stories in my okay. brain. <laughs> <laughs> he has a whole archive. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh my right. God. Bye, Enjoy guys. Can't wait yeah. to hear more. All right. Bye. Right. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to the Moving Mountains podcast. If you have a miracle story to tell, please call our hotline at 412-449-9609. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Moving Mountains Podcast AK. We encourage you to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and share our podcast with others. We'll see you next time.